Well, good morning. Thanks for being with us again today. Last week, I shared some communication updates with you. And so if you haven't seen those, please do go back if you get a chance and watch the talk from last week. I tried to update on a number of things that we're looking at doing and progressing at the moment. And this week, we're going to start a new series called Church Without Walls. We want to explore how to become a church without walls in response to three in particular prophetic words that we received in 2018. And so this is going to be the start of a series and intro to that today. But I want to just express my thanks to Rebecca Beese and friends from Whitney in Oxfordshire who just led us in that time of worship. Thank you so much. Thank you for your passion. Thank you for your heart. Thank you for your anointing and just being so willing to uh, share that with us today and lead us into worship. We're really, really grateful. When I was preparing this talk, I wasn't aware that Rebecca was going to lead us in that song, Oceans, but it's so appropriate for what I want to share today. Let me remind you of some of the words to that song. You call me out upon the waters, the great unknown where feet may fail. And there I find you in the mystery. In oceans deep, my faith will stand. And I will call upon your name and keep my eyes above the waves. When oceans rise, my soul will rest in your embrace. For I am yours and you are mine. Your grace abounds in deepest waters. Your sovereign hand will be my guide. Where feet may fail and fear surrounds me. You've never failed and you won't start now. There's two occasions in the Gospels recorded in Matthew, sorry, well, it is in Matthew's Gospel, but I'm going to focus in on Mark's Gospel. Mark chapter four and Mark chapter six, two occasions when disciples are out in the boat and they get into trouble with high winds and waves. Brian Heasley spoke when he shared with us back in July about the account from Mark chapter four of Jesus calming the storm. And then in Mark chapter six, the disciples are out in the boat again and they get into trouble. But this time, rather than Jesus being with them in the boat, Jesus remains on the shore. He's dismissed the crowd and and he goes off to pray and sends the disciples out on the boat. But this time he walks out on the water And then gets into the boat and the wind and the waves die down. On both these occasions, both these times when the disciples are in the boat and the waves come up, I believe that Jesus wants to teach them lessons. I believe that he takes them into this storm in order to teach them lessons. I've got to believe that Jesus knew that these storms were going to happen And yet rather than delaying or rather than saying, hey, guys, why don't we wait and and let this storm pass or or find a different route round to avoid it? He allows the disciples to be out in the middle of this storm or these storms in Mark 4 and Mark 6. But the reminder is, even though he's asleep on the first occasion, even though he's not physically with them on the second, he's teaching them that they can trust him and know that he is with them even though he's teaching them these lessons that only they can learn in the storm. 
Just note that for a moment, if you would. Some lessons we can only learn in the storm. Sometimes we have to be in these difficult situations and I believe Jesus allows us to go through them in order to teach us, in order to mould us into the people he wants us to be. I don't think either situation came as a surprise to Jesus, neither caught him off guard. But in each of these two occasions, Jesus is asking his disciples the question, do you trust me? Are you going to fear? Are you going to let this overwhelm you? Or will you trust me? There was a time when I was probably only two or three years old and I lived in Glasgow with my family and we went to the airport to meet uh, some guests that had come to stay with my parents. And there was this escalator from the departure lounge that that went up and and it was one of these escalators where you could as well as obviously going on the escalator itself you could get either side of the escalator and I went to the side of it and I was fascinated by the rubber kind of handle that that goes up the side automatically and I was playing with it and, and I took hold of this handle of the escalator from the other side the wrong side of it and it started to take me up and very quickly I was off my feet on the wrong side of the escalator going up, obviously in, in real danger. And out the corner of his eye, my dad saw this happen and he ran over to me just in time to grab hold of my ankles and immediately said to me, let go. And if I hadn't have let go in that moment, then I don't know what would have happened But my dad had me and he just said to me, let go. And without even thinking about it, from this point of holding on to this outside of the escalator, I just let go. And then I fell and my dad caught me. And it's still an emotional thing to recount because it was that moment of my dad had me. I was safe. I was secure. And I had to listen to his voice and let go. Do you trust that Jesus is with you in the storm, in the moments of great danger or great anxiety or fear when you just feel like I need rescuing? Do you hear the voice of God? Are you willing to let go? Are you willing to trust him? Matthew in his gospel gives the account of Peter stepping out of the boat at Jesus' invitation and walking on water to him. When he took his eyes off Jesus, he started to sink. But Jesus reaches out and pulls him up. He's with him. He's with his disciples throughout this whole time. Are you fixed on Jesus? Have you got your eyes fixed on him? Or are you starting to sink? Do you need to reach out this morning and say, Jesus, you're here. Rescue me. Today we're kicking off this new series called Church Without Walls. We want to properly respond to these three key prophetic words that we received in 2018 about being a church without walls. We're not talking about physical walls here, although one of the words does talk about God wanting to go through a moulding, shaping process with us before we see new physical walls of a new building. But in this series, we're talking about walls of 
separation from the world, maybe walls of fear, walls of apathy, walls of the way things used to be done, maybe even walls of division amongst us if there are walls like that that need to come down. We've been praying as leaders and also with the teaching team to shape this series to really respond to these prophetic words. We want to be positioned as God wants us to be. We want to be this church without any walls preventing the things that God wants to do in and through us. We've considered this account of Jesus calming the storm in Mark 4. And there may, of course, be different reasons why we encounter storms. But the whole world is in a big storm at the moment. And as I shared last week, we want to know what God is saying to us as the Hub Church and to respond accordingly. So this series will be a bit different, maybe, to how series have been before. You may find this series a little bit tough at times. It may challenge you. We hope it will challenge all of us when we go through a shaping season or a time when we want to respond to what God is saying. It may feel like we're in a storm. It may feel like it's difficult. This shaping process isn't always, maybe isn't often easy. We're going to focus on some things that you may find a bit challenging to confront. God may put his finger on some things in your life, my life, that we need to address and we need to change. And that's never easy. There'll be lots to celebrate, too, as we go through this series. And we do trust that God is going to envision us and excite us during this process as we become more of the church he wants us to be. I believe he started doing that through this whole period since March of real difficulty and real change. He's doing things in us as a church and we want to respond in the right way to that. We've asked a few outside speakers to share as part of the series as well, because we want to have people coming in from outside the church to bring in a prophetic voice and to bring in some direction for us and to hear God as well on our behalf. So we look forward to that too. So before I outline what we're going to go through during the series, let me remind you of these three prophetic words about being a church without walls. They all came from people within our BCCs, Basingstoke Community Churches family. And the first one's from Marion Hay. And it says this, the phrase to be a church without walls kept coming to me whilst the hub was being commissioned in. I felt that God was saying that we are to be as a church without walls, that not having a building, not having a settled place is part of his plan for us at this time. This is a time to be fluid, allowing what God wants to do to grow. It was as if having our own building would at this time be restrictive for us. We need to be in a time of no walls, no man-made definition, a time for God to shape and define us. I could see us changing shape as different groups developed within the main hub. It was like watching water flowing and shaping the landscape. Sometimes with a building, you can look to see how you can fill it. I feel that God wants to shape first and will then provide the building to fit what he's already 
done. And then the second one is from Keith Dixon, who's part of Tadley Church. And he said this, this morning's service, when we prayed for the Hub Church, I got a picture as they huddled together. I saw their huddle with their heads bowed as a roof, the people standing together as the roof supports. And I felt God say they would be a church without walls. The roof was protection for the people within and the walls or the supports spaced out sufficiently to uphold the roof, but allow easy access. And then finally from David Butler within the hub, he said this. I saw a restaurant type of building with diners and servers. I know it related to the hub because I recognise so many faces. The place was buzzing and was filled to capacity. There were folk outside looking in. Then suddenly the outer walls all tipped out and upwards and became part of the ceiling or roof, which increased the covered space and more tables were brought in. Then I saw some of the diners finish their meals, stand up and then join the other servers in waiting on the tables of the new arrivals. The roof no longer seemed supported by anything, which even in the dream seemed amazing, but continued to expand, growing at a rate that meant everyone who wanted could come under its shelter. And as before, folk who'd just been eating stood up to make space available to new arrivals, but then joined the ranks of those who'd been serving. And still people continued to arrive, and more and more tables and chairs were brought out, to accommodate them. Three powerful words about allowing time for God to shape and mould us, about the walls or supports being spaced out to allow easy access and the dream about the walls moving upwards and outwards to become part of the roof, allowing more people in and us becoming servers rather than just diners. Why don't you just revisit these words if you get a chance over the next few days to to listen again to this message or the words within this message that I've just read. Just to allow God to speak to you and to, to, to tell you and to speak to you about what he wants to do in you through this series. So what are the messages then we want to share during this series? Well, there's five main things we want to focus on. We believe that God has spoken to us about five areas that are walls or barriers that he wants to deal with, that he wants to see come down. And the first one is about the sacred secular divide. This basically asks the question, should we live our Christian faith separated from the world around us? Or should who we are and what we believe and God working through us, should that influence the world around us in every area of society? Some traditions, some church traditions believe that there should be a divide, that Christians should be separate to the world. But we believe differently. We believe that God has called us into these different spheres of society to make a difference and to usher his kingdom into them. Our culture tends to endorse people doing their own thing and doing things their way as long as it doesn't hurt anyone, but keeping it to themselves, not bothering anyone else with what they believe. 
But we in the hub believe that we've got a mandate to break these walls down and that the church should be influencing various areas of society. So we'll look at our mandate, our biblical mandate to rule and reign, to bring God's agenda here on earth. We'll look at biblical characters, including Jesus himself, who connected with the world around them to bring God's kingdom in many different ways. So that's the first one, sacred secular divide. Secondly, we'll look at worldview. How much does the culture around us influence us? Do we embrace it or do we reject it? How do we reach those around us who have a different worldview to us? Think differently, don't necessarily approach things from a biblical point of view. So that's the second area, worldview. Then thirdly, we want to look at apathy. That's defined as a a lack of interest, enthusiasm or concern. Are we Sunday only Christians? Have we lost interest in these online services? Or are, are we even indifferent about meeting again in the future? Do we carry an excitement about that? Or have we somehow drifted that's meant that we've lost a bit of enthusiasm and faith and energy for church? Has our desire to follow Jesus increased or has it decreased over time? Have we adapted during lockdown to keep connected and to share the gospel with others where we can? Have we truly embraced the call to follow Jesus since we gave our lives to him, if you indeed have done that? Have we left our nets when I say that I'm thinking about the first disciples when Jesus called them they were fishermen and and Jesus said come follow me and it says immediately they, they left their nets to follow him there was this sense that they couldn't just carry on life as normal they had to give something up for them it was their profession of being a fisherman they had to leave that in order to follow Jesus I'm not saying that we should all stop doing what God's called us to do but Of course, that's important. But there is this sense that we've got to leave some stuff behind if we're going to truly embrace the call to follow Jesus. Have you done that? Or are you holding on to stuff that means you can't really commit to this call to follow Jesus? Are there other things taking too much priority in our lives? So we're going to ask this challenging question about apathy and whether that affects us. So that's number three, apathy. Number four is prejudice. Racial prejudice is a real uh, hot topic at the moment. It's come up and it's one that we are looking at. And uh, we had Farai speak a few weeks ago, which challenged me. I'm sure it challenged you as well. The leadership team are doing some reading around uh, the, the issue of racism in churches. And we want to challenge ourselves over that and see if there's a wall of that in the hub at all. We also want to ask the question, do we extend a welcome to all people? There's the great story of Jesus and the woman at the well in John chapter four. And Jesus breaks all kind of cultural rules and societal rules to engage with this woman who's very different from him. This woman is living a a sinful life and yet Jesus embraces her and wants to cross all these cultural boundaries in order to reach her and welcome her into his kingdom how do we display God's love and God's welcome to people who are different to us from different ages backgrounds 
education, social class, sex or gender. We want to ask these questions under this heading of prejudice. And then finally, number five, we want to look at fear. How do we move from faith or from fear to faith? How can we live in the freedom that Christ has won for us? How do we trust God when we're in the middle of a storm like we've looked at in Mark 4 and Mark 6? And when we feel alone and when we, when we fear, feel fearful, how do we trust God? So five areas. Sacred secular divide, worldview, apathy, prejudice and fear. Let me just for just a couple of moments look at maybe another wall which I just want to share briefly about now which is the wall of isolation and disconnection. It's really easy at the moment to feel disconnected from church. I've talked to a number of people who do genuinely feel that but do feel disconnection in other areas of their lives too. So it's not just church but church of course is such a big part of our lives for many of us and rightly so. I went for a walk with a a guy from the hub a few weeks ago and we were just talking about a number of things and and he shared at the end that he's really feeling challenged about how maybe he's just come along a bit and just hasn't allowed himself to be challenged for a while and feels like during this time of lockdown God's really challenged him about taking responsibility for his faith and pressing in that's wonderful that God is doing that and maybe he's doing that for you as well I was talking to one family who shared that they and another family have been meeting up on Sundays to watch the broadcast together and have been praying for each other and sharing some food together as well. It's within the government rules of two households being allowed to meet together indoors or outdoors. And they've made they, they both, I think, felt a bit disconnected, but have made the best of it and are, and are meeting together to get that connection back. Brilliant. Well done. If you're doing things like that to keep connection with other people, that's great. Keep doing it. I was going over to the Chinham area of the town the other week for a meeting and I was just about 10 minutes early. And and so I thought, well, what can I do for 10 minutes? And I was aware that I was very close to the home of a family from the hub. And so I I just thought, I'm going to pop over and say hello, just have a doorstep chat for five minutes. And so I did that. And it turned out to be great timing. The, the, The The husband was on a call that was really important and I was just able to pray with the family just two metres away, me outside, them in their home, but just have a moment to pray into that call that was happening at that moment. Just a, a brief few minutes of connection that helped them to feel connected, helped me to feel connected. Please could I encourage you, don't allow yourself to drift during this time. Don't allow yourself to become disconnected even though it's tough, even though we can't meet as we'd like to, don't allow yourself to drift. It's all too easy to do that. Think of ways that you could take responsibility and stay connected. Maybe it's just with a few other people from the church, but that will help if you take that initiative to stay connected. Just as I come in to finish in a few moments, I want to share another story. This time I was about probably about 11 or 12 years old and I was on holiday with my family and we'd gone to this big outdoor activity centre where you could do uh, activities on the water and different climbing kind of activities too and for us as a as a young family three young boys it was a great place to be able to let off some steam and have some fun and my dad and my 
brother had gone out on the lake and had gone canoeing and had somehow managed to capsize their canoe. And my mum, being the organised one, had brought along a change of clothes and towels. And so we used up in that incident all our towels, all our change of clothes. And mum gave my dad very simple instruction. Don't let any of the boys get wet again for the rest of the day. So you know where this story is going. But towards right at the end of the day, we were going back to the car and my dad spotted this really basic rope bridge across a body of water and it was one of these that you had one rope at the top that you would hold on to and, and move yourself along and then one rope at the bottom which you would stand on and so my dad said Andy why don't you have a go at this why don't you do it he knew that I was quite a tentative quite a nervous young lad which I definitely was when I was younger and so he he wanted me to do this to get a bit of confidence and so reluctantly I agreed and I started across and and I got about halfway and I started to have a bit of a wobble physically as well and uh, I was moving around on this rope bridge a lot and I looked back nervously to my dad and I said I don't think I can do it and he said you're halfway across you might as well continue you're doing well keep going and so I did and I nearly got to the end but then I fell in and uh, we went straight back to the car and uh, my dad was looking pretty sheepish as my mum arrived with my brothers and had to explain what had happened. You know, sometimes it's hard to take a look at ourselves and allow God to highlight some walls that might need breaking down. Like this rope bridge, we can feel a bit tentative, a bit nervous about the prospect of doing it we might get part way through like I did on this rope bridge and feel a little bit wobbly it might be there might be times in this series when it just hits us a little bit and we get a little bit vulnerable or we feel a little bit exposed because we do want God to challenge us and we do want God to mold us and change us when God wants to push us out of our comfort zones a little bit he might lead us into a bit of a storm but that's okay because he's with us he's with us in the boat or he's willing to walk out on the water to meet us and to help us Jesus never leaves us and he expected his disciples to trust him and I believe he's asking us to trust him as he takes us on and as he helps to shape us as a church into the church that he wants us to be. So let's be willing to be a bit vulnerable during this series. If you really struggle to live out your faith in a culture that may not embrace it, well, allow yourself to be challenged through this series. If you can feel the apathy building up now, even as I'm talking and you're thinking, oh, I don't know if I'm even going to watch these broadcast these messages let alone engage with them will allow God to challenge that as well if you're worried that God may put his finger on a fear that you carry that comes up all the time and that you've never quite managed to get the breakthrough in that you want well as we share about fear why don't you let God just challenge that gently and bring you to a place where you can trust more so that the trust builds and the fear starts to diminish.
if you're concerned that this series might reveal an area of prejudice in your life, then allow God just to speak. Allow God to mould you and shape you and do the work that he wants to in you. We've come a long way in the nearly three years that we've been the hub. The last months has been a shaky moment for us all, I'm sure, both in church and both in our personal and family lives as well. But this may be a moment that you feel like you're on the rope bridge. This series may feel like crossing that rope bridge, looking back and wondering what's going to happen. But I believe God is saying to us, you're getting there. Don't turn back. Keep going. Even if at times you feel like you've fallen in or you're going to fall in like I did, trying to cross that bridge. Or if you're feeling like you're sinking like Peter did. Reach up and allow God to reach down because he is with us. Thank you.